The We Are Donation podcast reports and opinions are not those of UGA. This is not yet an official podcast of the University of Georgia. For the first down. Ball just outside the one yard line on second and goal. And Auburn, two red zone takeaways last week. Out of the eye formation, a play that went a thousand times in Georgia, and Zeus fighting the end zone, and Georgia jumps on top. This is the International We Are Dog Nation podcast. I'm your host, Nation, and that's short for Dog Nation. And our dogs take Dooley Field Saturday night, 7.30, and we go out in the Deep South oldest rivalry. And for the 13th time in the last 16 meetings, we go out and we curb stomp the Arbor Kitty Cats. We take the war out of Eagle send them back down 85 South where they belong and curve stomp them by a score of 27 to 6. Oh, how sweet it is. And now that brings all-time series between Georgia and Auburn. Georgia 61 wins. Auburn 56. Eight ties. 125th meeting the second oldest rivalry in college football, and D1, I should say, right behind Wisconsin and Minnesota. And this rivalry week did not disappoint. There are some noise talking about there were some Auburn players saying they're coming into Georgia with a chip on their shoulder. That's fine. That's fine. I never thought they had a chance at beating us I wanted to see how bad we was going to beat them. If it was close, I might be a little worried. But this large margin got me feeling really good. But I'm going to play something for you real quick right here. Real quick here. Big Cat Bryant, the defensive end for Auburn. Class of 2017, he was one of the players that Georgia wanted. And he should have listened to Isaiah Wilson, who's now in the NFL and got his own stuff going on right now. But this was doing the All-Star uh, Under Armour bowl practice. Well, uh, Under Armour, excuse me, All-Star game practice. And he tweeted out a photo. Isaiah Wilson tweeted out a photo of him blocking and handling Big Cat Williams. And he told him, said, hey, man, you should choose Georgia on National Signing Day, or this is going to be you. This is how it's going to go for the next three to four years for you. And he should have listened. He didn't. Georgia wanted him, but he decided to go play for Auburn. Now, granted, they beat us in 2017, but we turned right around and beat them two weeks later for the SEC Championship. But I want to play some. Big Cat Williams. Game mean any extra to you, and you know, is it something that you hear about, you know, back home? Every time, every year, my uh, record against them since I've been here is like one in like two or three. So uh, yeah, it definitely gonna, it definitely would feel good to go over there and beat them in Georgia. 
I look forward to doing that. But like I say, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I got a lot of a lot of Georgia fans uh, in in my um, family, so it's it definitely gonna, you know, we can if we can pull this out, I, I definitely have something to talk about uh, come Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble, gobble gobble. He put in turkey, dressing, macaroni, cheese, all that good stuff. But you will not be bragging this shit, big cat. No, you will not. You have one year to talk about you. You have one year that you can brag about, and that's 2017. Because you might turn pro after this. If you come back next year, you'll lose next year too. But hey, <laughs> I love it. But hey, it don't stop there. Because Gus Malzone says something about our team. And it sounds like a compliment. But uh, Kirby Smart didn't quite take it that way. So, let me play you what Gus Malzahn said. Let me pull this up real quick. And that's not it. And this is it. Here we go. Uh, playing Georgia. Uh, going there this year. Looking at a team that's probably the most talented team overall in the SEC. Very well coached. You know, you look at them defensively. They're very sound. They make you earn stuff. They don't give up a whole lot of big plays. They got most of their defensive back. Uh, that I thought was excellent last year. And uh, offensively, you know, their OC, Todd Munkin, is a guy that's been successful in college. He's been successful in the NFL. So it's a good, big task for us, but uh, I will tell you this, our guys are extremely excited to be going there and playing Georgia. Now, okay, okay. That sound, that sounded kind of good. That, that sounded good. It sounded respectful. But Kirby took a different way. And the part that he said they're the most talented team in the SEC, is that a shot? I thought about it. Is that a shot to say, okay, we got all this talent, but we haven't won a national championship yet? Is that a shot because we haven't won SEC in the past couple years? Well, let's see what our coach, our general, has to say about that. Gus said that y'all had probably the most talented overall team in the league. Uh, do you think that's accurate, and how do you think uh, that's assessed across the league when y'all look at other programs? I think if you ask somebody the week of the game, the team they're playing will have the most talent in the league. And then next week, that team will have the most talent. And then the next week, that team will have the most talent, and that's called Coach Speed. So, thank Gus. He has the most talent in the SEC himself. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So Kirby, a little fire back there. It, that that was fun. That was fun. That I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Oh man, but I gotta get to the story. And this, you know, I thought, and, and the Dewan Matthews story is a good story. You know, I'm having. Uh, merge brain surgery to move assists and all this stuff and fighting back and coming back to play. But I want to talk about the forgetting, the forgotten one. Even my, and, and mainly myself, maybe some of you who listen to the podcast now, maybe you was a Stetson Bennett fan the whole entire time. Maybe you won a few ones, but many people in the Bulldog Nation was not discussing Stetson Bennett as being the guy. And although he got, he came off, he came into the game against Arkansas last week and did a really great job with two 20 yards and threw two touchdowns and scrambled a bit and got out the pocket and very mobile. Even my mindset last week when I did the podcast, I run late and I did it on last Tuesday, 
my mindset was JT Dangs is now clear. And he's probably going to get the start. Matter of fact, even ESPN in uh, when they put up their, you know, the upcoming game, and they always seem to put the top player for each team, like they battle each other and say, hey, you know, coming up 730, Georgia, Georgia Auburn. They had a picture of Bo Nix and had a picture of JT Dangs. Stetson Bennett was, was, was starting quarterback. Matter of fact, Stetson Bennett found out on this past Monday that he was a starter for this week. We handled offense. But to go back to give you a brief history of Stetson Bennett, for those who don't know, he's from Georgia. I think it's Blackshear, Georgia. He was a two-star recruit. They brought him in as a preferred walk-on in 2017. So, here we are, 2017. First game of the season, Jake Easton starting quarterback, former five-star, gets hurt first game. Jay Fromm comes in, highly touted. Some services, some services have him as a five-star, some have him as a four-star. He takes over, help leads the way, and help guides the way to a national championship game, SEC title, and all that good stuff. Then the next following year, Justin Field comes in, and Jay, and uh, excuse me, and Stetson Bennett transfers up. All right. So he leaves. We bring it to Juan Mathis. He decides to come back to Georgia because he spent 2018 at uh, a JUCO. Comes back to Georgia this time on scholarship. 2019, Jake Fromm is playing all the good stuff, and he goes over to the pros. Now. I was of the belief, and many others was as well, that we need to bring in somebody who can play quarterback right away, who has a spare. We need a graduate transfer because Georgia, where we're at right now, we're trying to win a national championship now. We're not trying to build in maybe a couple more years. We're trying to win it now. So in comes Jamie Newman. And things were looking kind of shaky with Jamie Newman behind the scenes. He wasn't maybe quite getting it or quite seemed like he had what it took to run Todd Monk's offense or whatever situation may be or be a leadership or whatever situation may, may, may have been. In comes JT Daniels, another former five-star quarterback. So, man, we're really, we're really good. We're going to have a quarterback, right? We're we excited. Are and we're gonna have a quarterback. And so you got you got Jamie. A couple months ago, it's Jamie Newman, JT Daniels, Dewan Mathis, Dewan Mathis, Carson Beck, then Stetson Bennett. No one is really thinking about Stetson Bennett. I don't say no one, I know I was. And even Todd Munkin, if you if you heard the uh the announcers on this past weekend was saying how he told him we don't think you're going to play here. And he still stuck it out. He still kept grinding, kept working. Grinding and working and out goes Jamie Newman and JT Daniels not clear yet. And then and then here comes Dewan Mathis and he's not doing that well the first game of the season. Because I mean he it's two years since he took a live snap. And in comes Stetson Bennett. I thought they were bringing Carson Beck. 
Aaron Murray talk about Carson Beck. Everybody talks about, you know, this person, the one master, Carson Beck and JT Daniels. No one's talking about Stetson Bennett in the media. This 5'11", 190-pound quarterback who's a preferred walk-on, who earned a scholarship, who's a two-star recruit, no one's talking about him. And comes off the bench, leads the way, and performs really great. And gets his first start in the SEC, gets a top-ten opponent, and performs really well. Really, really well. And how ironic would it be that someone who's nicknamed a mailman and it's one game at a time, it's one week at a time, but how ironic would it be the person that we, I think we all kind of discounted and discredited or not even thought about, nicknamed the mailman would be the one, would be the quarterback to help deliver a national championship this year. Now, that would be an amazing story if you start off fifth string. That would be an amazing story. And you, and you go back to 2017. You know who helped prepare us to beat Oklahoma? Who played the role of Baker Mayfield? Stetson Bennett. And everybody knew how good he was at Georgia. How good he was doing in practice. And for this young man to come in with confidence he has and do what, he, do what he's doing so far, and I wish him nothing but the best, I think he'll get even more confident. He looked good, don't get me wrong. He looked really great. But I think he'll get he's going to get better and better by the week. So I want to play this clip right here. Take inside the mindset of his confidence. And it's a little, um, I want to say, what we're looking for here. It, the, the, the audio goes in and out at first, but it clears up. But here's Stetson Bennett. What? Just put this in perspective. When you got to Georgia, what were your goals? I was done. Oh, yeah, my goal was always to start here. And that's why I came here in the first place instead of taking a, a smaller offer um, where I probably could have started earlier. But, um, I mean, come here to play football and, and hopefully win an SEC championship and a national championship for That's it. I know you were in Mississippi a couple of years ago, but, but since really your overall time at Georgia, that's four straight wins over Auburn. Uh, what is it about what is it about Georgia and playing so well against Auburn? I mean, Auburn's beaten Alabama two the last three years, but, but you guys really seem to do a number. And when y'all play, I don't know. I think we just all realize how big of a game it is, and how much Auburn wants to beat us, and and um, we're just not going to let that happen. And we just—I mean, it's just the way we approach every week and in the game week. I mean, we respect the heck out of Auburn. They're they're a great football team. Um, but just go out there every every day, and we just know that if we don't practice well enough, they're going to beat us, and, and so we just don't let that happen. We just don't let that happen. We just don't let that happen. That statement, sorry about that, that statement 
is loaded with confidence. And that's exactly how you want your leader to sound of, a football, of your football team. Now, I want to read out some stats real quick. And this is the past several years, starting back in 2014, versus Auburn, okay? So, we'll go, we'll start on Hudson, uh, Hudson Mason, who had 123 passing, had, who had 123 passing yards. 2015, Lambert had 97 passing yards. 2016, Easton had 208 passing yards. In 2017, Jake Fromm had 184 passing yards and a touchdown. In 2018, uh, Jake Fromm had two touchdowns and 193 passing yards. In 2019, he had three touchdown passes for 110 passing yards. But Stetson Bennett, who, threw, who should have had two touchdown passes, again, I'll get to that later on, threw for 240 yards and probably should have had close to 300 yards yesterday. So he's outperformed yardage-wise every quarterback for the past previous six years. This walk-on 5'11", 190-pound quarterback with a heart of a lion. Man, I'm rooting for him. And he takes care of the ball, make a good decision, and he looks good operating this new offense on the top market. And I tell you, I'm excited. I am really excited because he seemed to come out of nowhere. And what a great story this would be if it's the mailman that helps deliver a quarterback Georgia National Championship for the first time in 40 years. All right, take a quick break, come right back, get into the wide receivers, the running backs, the defensive line, and you're ready to close this thing out. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, all right, all right. Part two. Back on the We Are Dawn Nation podcast and the wide receivers did a great job. Now, everybody knows how great George Pickens is. You know, he's he's our major threat. You know, a fun fact about George Pickens, there have been 53 balls that has been gradable for, uh, for a catch. And out of the 53, 53 balls that were thrown his way that they say are catchable in his young career, he has caught the ball 53 times. He is <laughs> batting a thousand on catchable balls so far in his career. And that's just that's that's phenomenal. But the question was, I think many people wondered, going into the season, I know he had a lot of of great uh, uh, wide receiver talent come in. But who's going to take that next step? Who's going to be that number two? Dominic Blaylock towards ACL, and I wish him a speedy recovery. But who's number two? Who's that guy? And Kyrus Jackson answered that question Saturday night. And by the way, if I don't 
Um, if I get to, if I forget to mention it, I'm gonna say it now. Karis Jackson gets the game ball. Nine catches, 147 yards. Had a fabulous day, but he was a little disappointed because he didn't chance, get a good chance to score a touchdown. Oh, his day's coming, and he's gonna score quite a few, in my opinion. But he's not the only one because Jermaine Burton, the true freshman, who's also starting, is starting to come on. And so you can't just f- focus on George Pickens. <laughs> you got to worry about Karis Jackson. You got to worry about Jermaine Burton. And there may be some others who are going to step up along the way. The more time goes on, this offense under uh, Tom Monkey and with Stetson Bennett leading the way, the more dangerous the receiver core going to get. And then on top of that, you got Darnell Washington, the, the six foot eight, two hundred sixty pound tight end, who is a dynamic blocker. You guys have not seen it. There's some viral videos going around of him blocking. I, I posted one last week on my We Are Donation podcast page. But there's another video of him just ha- manhandling people uh, on that line when it came down to the blocking for the running backs. And not to mention Trey McKitty, the other transfer wide receiver, uh, I'm sorry, transfer tight end from Florida State, he should be clear. Well, not clear. He should be ready to play. He had an injury during, uh, during camp. But he should be ready to play this week. If not this week, definitely by Alabama week. And so, we haven't got all our weapons yet. And then they're talking about how good he was and the job that he was doing uh, in camp before he got hurt. So, this is going to get real exciting. And, oh man, I'm, I'm not, I wish this young man the best. I really do. I, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people who I uh, appreciate all you guys listen to this podcast, but I have uh, a lot of people follow me on Twitter and Facebook, and I, I have a lot of uh, players, family members, and some players who follow me back on Twitter and follow me back on Facebook. And so I don't know who all listen to this. Um, I don't. This is not me putting any player down. That's not what I do. But I'm really hoping something clicks and clicks soon for Matt Landers because that that touch that should have been a touchdown. That should have walk in touchdown right before the half. We should have been up 31 to three before halftime, and he just gave up on the ball, didn't dive and go for it or nothing, and that's just unacceptable. And so I'm 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 not trying to bring the kid down, but yo, you have to get this together. You really do, because if, if he does, his future is so bright. Not just at college, in college, but he's NFL material if he just gets it down. So I'm really, really hoping that he does. I really, really am. But if he don't, we got others who will. So, but that I want to get back to that. But anyway, and the running backs, what a difference. You could throw the ball. And now never, you can't just stack the box on the running backs. What a difference it makes. And I tell you what, I am so glad 
I'm not the one who got to try to tackle Zeus. Because that guy, he hits you and drives you back. He'll get four or five more yards just after contact, just, just pushing you back. Man, that kid's aggressive. And I, oh, and James Cook. Now, he went out briefly. He's fine. He hurt his wrist. Um, I mean, before I go there, Stetson Bennett was kind of, uh, he had a hand injury, but it's not that serious. He just jammed his finger, so he's fine. He's not hurt. But, and and James Cook hurt his wrist, and by the time the game was out of hand, so okay, okay, sit this out, you're fine. You come back next week. Um, but James Cook was looking good. He was doing eight yards of care. He was looking really, really good and really, really smooth, and, and I'm excited. I'm excited about the, all of them. And there's some noise rumbling. There was some noise rumbling on Twitter about a couple of running backs. First of, first of all, I'm going to put it out there. Some may say, hold up, wait a minute. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, number six, the sophomore. He He's great on kick return. And I saw him uh, taking a kick return back and still found somebody real strong. And I'm like, okay, he got he got a nice burst on him. To me, some may agree, some may disagree. But to me, he kind of reminds he got a, he got I see a little tired girly in him. I do. I see a little tired girly in Kenny McIntosh. And then the other buzz came with Kendall Milton, the freshman. Breaking some tackles. He had 30 yards on six carries. And I'm like, wait a minute. That type of running style looks familiar. And one of the Georgia uh, Bulldog Twitter site posted, he kind of reminds me of, they said, dare I say it, and I responded that with Nick Chubb. A lot of people thinking that Kendall Milton, I mean, you look at a freshman Nick Chubb, and some of the tackles that he broke, especially that very first game against Clemson, it was very similar. And so, you uh, he he's like 226-2, the big kid. So, I'm very excited. And Dewan Edwards, he did very good. I'm, I'm excited. But what really got me excited is, remember a couple years ago, when we had problems with goal line, uh, goal line stance or whatever, get to the end zone and scoring the touchdowns. Yeah, you guys saw that five yard line. I, I don't think it's gonna be a problem because one, you got big Jordan Davis out there handling things and they break him in the block, and then they put uh, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, the five star defensive tackle, as a fullback to block and lead the way. Man, it was so easy. <laughs> it was so easy for Zeus to walk right into the end zone. I'm like, yeah, I am really liking what I'm seeing out of his offense. It's it's three times better than what James Coley was doing last year. I this and look, our offense doesn't doesn't have to be like LSU was last year. To me, I know it's been two games, but it's already better than last year. And I know we got a lot more games to go, but it, it look it look is looking really really good right now. And if we just have a good offense, a sufficient offense, a, an efficient offense. 
that defense that I don't think nobody's going to score them more than 20 points on, and we put up 30 or more points on teams, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a really fun year. And y'all got me excited. So, in the defense, oh, my goodness. A couple things that I noticed, right? Nicobe Dean is quickly becoming, and, I, and I'm, it's, I'm not reaching here. If you pay attention to Kobe Dean, he is coming more and more like another Roquan Smith. I was watching him, and a couple things stood out to me. He was lining everybody up. You're in the wrong position. Get here, get here. That dude has really taken the next step. If you haven't noticed, keep your eyes on number 17 on defense, Nicobe Dean. And oh my goodness, what a day. Tyson Campbell had a day. Tyson Campbell was showing why he was a five-star coming out in 2018. Why he was, what, the number two cornerback in the country, defensive back in the country coming out in 2018. He showed some real reasons why he was that. Because he he smothered that that, uh, Auburn wide receiver. He smothered him. And pretty much for the most part, locked him down. And that was, number, I think it was number 15 or whatever number he was. He won the best wide receivers, and he he handled him very nicely. So very sad about Tyson Campbell and his growth and what he's doing. Another fun fact about this defense. So I had to go do some research. I did some research. You know the last time a running back, not a quarterback on a, you know, a little sneak, but a running back, Scored a touchdown on Georgia defense. You got to go back to 2018 in the SEC championship game. That was the last time, and that was Josh Jacobs who scored a touchdown on Georgia. A rushing touchdown on Georgia. No running back scored a rushing touchdown all last year. And so far, and those only two games. The streak continues. And I look for that streak to continue next week as well. So really, really, really amped up about that. And then and on top of that, Auburn only had one play. There was only one play that went for 20 yards. Only one play. That, oh my goodness. That defense, man. That defense there. And they're angry. They're hungry. You take great pride in how they handle it. Oh, man, this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. We don't even have to be a great offense. Just be a really, just be a good offense. And we just may go undefeated in an all-SEC schedule. It just may happen. It's very, very likable. It's, 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 It's very doable to go undefeated with that defense and just a good offense. Not a great offense, but a good offense. And if that offense goes from a good offense to a great offense, we're going to demolish everybody in our way. We really are. Because that defense is the truth. All right. Get a little fun things real quick. So, I, one thing I want to kind of add a portion to the podcast is 
pulling up different things I found on social media. I think it's kind of hilarious. Um, I found a couple things. Now, well, first of all, before, before I go there, let me call out the SEC Network. Three out of the four people picked Auburn to beat us. Matter of fact, who was that? Jordan Rogers said that Bo Nix was going to put up four touchdowns, combined touchdowns against them. Now, that's disrespectful. That's that. Look, listen. Come on now. What? Hmm. Seriously? The only team that scored more than 20 points last year was LSU. South Carolina scored 20 points, but we gave them seven points on a pick six. So technically the defense outside the field goal they kicked in overtime only allowed 10 points in South Carolina. You're gonna sit up here on this defense that return that's returning basically 10 starters. Really all they starters because Lewis Singh started in the bowl game last year. Who is turning all their starters, all this experience, and you say Bo Nix is going to put up four, 20 points? Four touchdowns on our defense? Disrespectful. And we allowed two field goals. Two field goals. Hmm. Had to call them out. But I like that, though. Keep talking about everybody else. Don't talk about Georgia. I don't care if we rank number four or number three or whatever. We keep winning. All those rankings will take care of itself. But I saw something there. It was kind of funny. I was on Twitter. And Carrion Johnson, who went to who went to Auburn, left after 2007 after 2017 season. He decided he got on Twitter and he posted. Should he tune in and watch the game? I'm just it says I'm just now getting called to tune in. Should I not watch the game? Or try it out. And DeAndre Swift, who's now his teammate, the Detroit Lions, simply responded, don't even turn it on with a laughing emoji. Classic. Because had he turned on and tried to tune in and see what was going on with that Georgia Auburn game, he would have got depressed. It was a big. Oh, I loved it. Loved every minute of it. So we're going to close this podcast here. Oh, how can I forget? How did, how could I forget my dummy of the moment? And my dummy of the moment goes out to Gus Malzahn. Okay. Okay. The second half is coming towards me. You call a timeout. We punt the ball. You want to stop the clock. So we punt the ball. 
and you call a fair catch. So, we're thinking, hey, you want to get some points or try to move the ball some before, you know, maybe a field goal, who knows, maybe a touchdown. Before the half, get some momentum going. Yeah, okay. And then you come out and do a fake kneel down? Who, huh? Who kneels down when you just call the timeout? If you wanted the time to run out the clock, you would never call a timeout 25 seconds left. Ain't nobody's falling for this. <laughs> oh, goodness. Dumb of the moment, Gus Malzahn. Dumb for the moment. All right. We got a new, uh, I, looked, I looked on my thing here, my, my list here, and I see there's somebody from Singapore who's listening. That's now up to 15 different people. Well, not people, more than 15 people. That's now representing 15 different countries that this podcast did her listening to. And I can't thank y'all enough. I really can't. I really appreciate it. Just talking about the dogs and listening to me. I really, really appreciate it. And so, look, if this is your first time, I hope I uh, entertained you. I hope you enjoyed it. Please come back, share the podcast, tell people about it. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast. You can find me on Twitter at type in at donation 17 uh, the number 17 I'm on my Facebook my Facebook page we are donation podcast you can like you can like me on there or you can follow me on Facebook at will dog nation so Instagram at we are donation so that's all I got I appreciate you guys this week here you take on the Tennessee Vols at home. And Cade Mays is eligible. He's playing. This beatdown is going to be a little sweeter. So, my prediction, let's call Georgia. Uh, I'm going 41 points. That offense is going to get a little more efficient. It's going to get a little better. And I'm saying this time around, 41 points. And I'm going to give the Tennessee Volunteers three field goals. They'll score nine points. Georgia 41, Tennessee 9. Have a great Bulldog night. Great Bulldog week. And I'll be back here next Sunday after we take care of the balls at home. Until then, go dogs. Sick. Roof.